Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, how was Billy Chinook? Oh, dude, it was so oh. great. Missed a, a lot. How was that green water? It's still so, green. <laughs> just a beautiful shade of beautiful emerald jade green. Surrounded by all that beautiful brown dirt. Yeah, it was great, man. It was fun having the kids there. Well, uh, yeah, they that had was a, fun. They got us. So Matt and Pat and Emily and, and Kate got like a separate small boat mm-hmm. with their kids and the dog. So we had like a little satellite boat that would hang out with us. Um And they were later than us, too, and their boat moved faster. So there was a moment where we (laughs) kind of just we got going and it was like, they'll find us. I mean, we're, you know, a huge barge on the lake and and we had walkie talkies, but they weren't working. And just eventually it was like, I think that's them coming towards us. (laughs) And, you know, Matt, of course, is like circling our boat. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, just trolling. uh, Blasting music. Here I am. <laughs> Rocky like a hurricane. Oh, you know what? You know what? It, it was uh, dancing in the moonlight was playing as they as they <laughs> approached the boat. It was great. Or uh, ants marching, as Matt <laughs> is willing to do now. Well, he played that about six or seven times throughout the weekend. <laughs> Deep cuts only. Deep cuts only. Out of paper, out of stock. There's friendly faces around the block. Break loose from the chains that are causing you pain. Call Michael Stanley, Jim Dwight Creed, call Andy and Kelly for your business paper needs or Dundamip. Then the people versus paper people, Dundamip. Then the people versus paper people, Dundamip. Then the people versus paper people. Hello and welcome to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, a show for fans of The Office by fans of The Office. I'm your host, and I have walked the long, lonely walk of loneliness. Sean Roney. And I'm Edwin Jaynes. And at my 10-year high school reunion, it will not say Ryan Howard is a temp. It will say Ryan Howard is a junior sales associate at a mid-range paper supply firm. That'll show. And with us, <laughs> and with us as always, our producer in the warehouse, Mr. Alex Ward. It feels like somebody took my heart and dropped it into a bucket of boiling tears. And at the same time, somebody else is hitting my soul in the crotch with a frozen sledgehammer. And then a third guy walks in and starts punching me in the grief bone. And I am crying and nobody can hear me because I am terribly, terribly, terribly alone. Every week we get together and talk about our favorite show, (laughs) our favorite show, NBC's The Office. Uh, This week, we will be doing the seven-episode arc of Jim at the Stamford Branch. Uh, And then after that, we'll head to the conference room. We're going to check on the the office alphabet over on uh, on Reddit. Hmm. Um, See where we're at with that. We're on the letter, uh, I believe they've already gone up to the letter H. Wow. And... uh, Time flies. We'll see. We'll see how many votes our pick got. <laughs> and uh, and uh, did we? Do we have something else for the conference room, Alex? I think you said. toast. Oh, talk. we have toast talk. Toast We're talk. We're doing toast yes. talk. Oh, we got toast we got talk a good on toast the main talk. feed. Mm-hmm. It is a toast right. town. Toast talk. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Generally, toast talk is a tots is tots talk. But no speaking more of today. tots talk, how about we start with a little housekeeping? Oh, Sean, I'm so glad. I thought you'd never ask. Uh, so for those that don't know, we have, a, we have a Patreon community called Scott's Tots. It's just a group of people trying to make their lives better, just getting together, talking about ideas, hopes, dreams, ambitions, feelings, you know, 
for the low price of five dollars a month. Uh, outside of all that, you're gonna get uh, you're gonna get ad free episodes. Uh, you're gonna contribute to our monthly donation to the Thurgood Marshall College Fund. Uh, you're getting a lots of bonus content. I mean, a lot. There's there's some great stuff in there. If you like our drafts, if you like our if you like us talking about stuff that isn't the office, boy oh boy, do we have the community for you. Uh, join our exclusive monthly mailbag episodes where we ju- just roll tape for about two hours, <laughs> just talking about everything that comes our way uh, from our tots questions. Uh, we actually are recording one tomorrow. We're recording this on Wednesday. Tomorrow, when this episode comes out, there will be a Patreon one being recorded. Bam. Uh, we're sign we're up on today. Like, get next we got hours. How many hours of, of exclusive mailbag episodes at your fingertips? Um it's incredible value is all I'm saying. Days. Not to mention, you know, join join the Discord, open to the public with private tots channels. It's there. Cool. Well, thanks, Alex. That was that was great. Hey, we we hope to see you you're guys welcome, out, buddy. out there. <laughs> um well, let's get into it. Uh we are talking about Jim at Stamford today. Edwin what what inspired you to make uh, this this What's, week's topic? What is this? What? I'm so Who? glad you asked. Uh, and Who? what I would like to tell you is that uh, gives you the right. Well, we have a Patreon community that you can join for just five dollars a month. It's <laughs> called Scott's Tots, where you can share your thoughts, comments, and ideas. Um, no, hey, uh, for this week's episode, we wanted to talk about an arc, a run of episodes, a series of episodes with plotline or a singular uniting theme, and. Uh, we wanted to talk about Jim going to Stanford. It's a very unique time in the office. Um, a seven-episode run, so we'll be talking about episodes one through seven in season three from uh, Gay Witch Hunt all the way up to Branch Closing. And it's just a very unique time in the office. Obviously, it's a unique time for Jim. Um, being in a new environment, we get introduced to all sorts of new characters, uh, such as Karen and Andy and Josh, um, Pepperoni, Tony. Um, and and there are – and then back at Stanford – Smotridge Bar. Hannah Smobridge Bar, Martin Nash. And then back at uh, Dunder Mifflin Scranton, we get to see The Office without Jim. And we see uh, quite a lot from Michael Dwight, Pam, Ryan, and the rest of the crew. But it's just a very unique time in The Office, and I thought it made sense for us to dig into it today. Uh, yeah, I really I, – I love this topic. I like um, these story arcs where – they're kind of happening in B storylines for like several episodes. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like it, you know, um, so, so going back and having to, uh, uh, prep for this episode, it's, it's kind of fun. I just, was, I'm just skipping through to the Stanford bits, uh, so that, and, and kind of watching that as sort of like its own, um, you know, I guess own TV episode show within something. an episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could you could compile just the Stanford bits from the first like three episodes and make one episode out of that. Like, right. You know, uh, it, it's it's sprinkled out throughout these episodes, but it's a really yeah, very interesting. It's a good point, Sean, about like the A storylines where for these episodes, the gravity of Jim being in Stanford um, outside of the convention when they're actually back together. Mm-hmm. It's like. Each storyline feels like an A storyline, and so they're all B storylines, it feels like. But I don't mind. Like, I like them all. But it's mm-hmm. it's just a weird... Fe- I, I don't really get this feeling at any other point in the office where it's like, what's the main story? It obviously gravitates towards Michael just because he occupies so much screen time. But it still feels like there's two main storylines going on, which is usually not the case. I think, too, that within this run of episodes, what you have is the office in season three becoming a little more character focused, a little more focused on like what is going to happen for Pam now that she's not engaged to Roy and now that uh, Jim is gone. What's going to happen to her? What's going to happen to Dwight as he thinks about, you know, his ambition and his uh, his want within the office to be a manager? Um, like what's going to happen for Ryan as he wants to be a salesman and uh, and what's going to happen with him and Kelly? Like these, these things kind of naturally emerge that like the way that a sitcom or a TV show like this normally progresses is we learn about the environment first. And then like we deep dive into all the characters as the show progresses, because we as viewers become more and more invested in them. But, and then as a counterpoint, we have Jim in, in Stanford. And what we see there is these tiny little moments that coworkers share together, which is kind of the inception or the early part of the office where they're talking about, a, uh, they're wor- where are they worried about whether Karen's going to get her chips? Um, the squeaky yeah. chair, 
uh andy overreacting to the stapler and jelly jello mm-hmm. uh call of duty like these these storylines these moments Order form are so small yeah mm-hmm. um roomy twins um mm-hmm. these are the kinds <laughs> of things that come up so you almost get this version of the office now so to speak at the beginning of season three and then a reflection of what the office maybe was in season one mm-hmm. and jim is at the part of both philip hellers how they hanging <laughs> <laughs> You can really hold your liquor, Filippelli. It's one of my favorite. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, uh, we were we were chatting about Barbie up top, and we get uh, that song "Closer mm-hmm. to Find" is is heavily yes. featured in both. That's right. This stretch <laughs> in right. an episode, and and as well as in Barbie. Tuna. <laughs> Tuna. <laughs> yeah. There's. <laughs> is that the most stoked we ever see, Andy? I wish we got to see more <laughs> nice Andy, uh, Andy and Tuna moments like that. Um, that's yeah. I mean, Stanford Andy is a, we'd never see him again, really. I mean, as soon as he gets to, as soon as he gets to uh, Scranton and starts kind of mirroring Michael's personality and sucking up, it's just a whole, it's just, I love, I love Stanford Andy so much. <laughs> uh, well, let's get, let's get into <laughs> the specifics of, of the Stanford art before we do, uh, maybe like a little prologue. Um. Uh. B- before gay witch hunt. I a mean, we've heard log. mention. We've heard mention of Stanford before. We've met Josh before. Um. So we know that they are kind of the more successful branch. Um. And the way they, the way the office looks, the way I mean, it all it, it feels like, it feels like a, like like Scranton is beside Stanford is is what it feels like. Mm-hmm. Uh, the show does a very good job of of communicating that. Uh, you get the view. You get the the office the boats just looks on the nicer. harbor. Yeah, everyone's dressed better in the office. Yeah, it's like there's a much less lo- nonsense. Yeah, yes, and of course, casino night, the end of season two, we sort of get this moment between jam, between jam, jam, uh, between Jan and Jam, uh, where um, I believe what does she say? She kind of like makes it. You guys ever make Jim Jans? Back in the day. Sorry, go ahead. I don't know what that, I don't know what that is. <laughs> oh, it was a, it was a really bad jib-jab joke. Oh. Really yeah. good. Really good Jib-jabs. stuff. Jib-jabs. As you were um, saying, Sean. Lost, <laughs> lost a lot of listeners. <laughs> I, th- I think the first mention we get of Jim possibly going to Stanford is when he steps outside of Casino Night. And Jan says, have you thought any more about the offer? Is that right, Edwin? Am I remembering that right? I think so. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and then of course uh, we get some um, uh, we get the kiss between them that uh, doesn't really doesn't really end very well. So season three begins. We get the flashback. Yeah. With flashback, and then we get (laughs) uh, to the reveal that Jim is now. Well, I guess the reveal really is that Ryan is at Jim's desk. Um, Yeah, that's how it begins. Yeah. Um. Uh, I also enjoy uh, Dwight's uh, Jim is gone. He's gone. <laughs> I miss him so much. I cry myself to sleep. Jim. False. I do not miss him. That was really well done. I really Sean. wish you could. You all could have seen Sean's face. It was really good. That was, it was really good. 10 out of 10, man. Yeah. That was perfect. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah. you. Good job. Uh. Don't fall in love with me, kid. <laughs> uh, and of course, we see Jim in Stanford. Um, I just want to take a moment here to say that part where he's like, and how, like, and how about that view? The mm-hmm. first few times I saw this, I was like, is he making a joke? I don't see anything out the window. But uh, of course, he's yeah. looking out at a lake or something. He's gazing out over the some sound. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. I think mm. it's interesting as well, like the this part in the, in the series, in this part of the show. I mean, it's funny to watch in hindsight or think about it in hindsight, where we know that there are nine seasons of the show. And when you look at promotional photos, it's always Jim, Pam, Michael, Dwight, et cetera, um, or the full ensemble. But when you think about it as if you were watching for the first time, there is an element of you don't really know what's going to happen. There isn't like there was so much momentum towards Jim and Pam at the end of season two. But then when you get into season three, you don't really know where it's going to go. Um, Jim is in Stanford and we don't really know if and when, as if you're watching for the first time, we don't really know if and when he's going to come back, um, what's going to happen with him. Same with Pam. We don't really know what's going to happen to her. Um, but 
Like there's there's almost a comfort in that because it's so early in the season. It's only the first few episodes we have to kind of spend with this tension. But I think it's really important in the series that we do get this time where Jim is in a different environment. We get to kind of see him be himself or we get to see him be, be himself without Michael, Dwight, and Pam. Like his sort of the characters that he's always either interacting with or um, responding to. And to see Jim like a different environment is really important. But then at the same time, we kind of see Michael a little bit uh, more unchecked. Um, as Oscar would say in season six, um, the coalition for reason is is thin. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Pam, we see her like look to Ryan in the first episode when mm-hmm. Michael says, we're all homos, homo sapiens. And Ryan just looks at her like, what? He, he, he. Yeah. And so He's to see these characters kind of, gym. they kind of have to grow or change without each other. And I really like that element of uh, of this little series run. Yeah, there's uh, yeah, like you said, Michael's is just unmoored here. Uh, I mean, and, and you look at the, I mean, you just look at what happens throughout these first even you know four episodes of this without Jim, which is like, how differently would <laughs> Gay Witch Hunt happen? Yeah, if Jim was there. Like that's like, my, like Jim is very good at ducking into Michael's office and being like, uh, you know, you can't actually you know, do this, right? Like, yeah. Let's not. You can't, act, Michael. Come on. Like, <laughs> and and out of everyone in the office, I do feel like Michael listens to Jim the most, or takes his mm-hmm. advice the most. I mean, we or Jim is even able happens, to trick him into doing the right thing. <laughs> like, it happens in Gay Witch Hunt with the Gaydar thing, where both Dwight and Michael are talking about like, well, Jim talked. To, Jim says you can buy Gaydar online, and he's like, well, he lied a lot. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Pregnant pause. Why don't you go check it out? Yeah, I will. So like, there's still a like. Well, Jim said this. Uh, so without him, you get just the HR nightmare jungle that is gay witch hunt throughout that episode. Yeah, you get the coup, right? There's this struggle for power. Uh, Jim's there. I don't think that's happening the right. same way. Grief counseling. Michael's just in a free, an existential free fall mm-hmm. that you, again, I think Jim could have talked him out of. Mm-hmm. Um, all the way through. I mean, Diwali. Hope maybe Michael could have. Jim could have talked Michael out of some of that stuff. But there's just, it's just, yeah, it's fun. And and as you say that too, I'm realizing that it's, you know, it's kind of Pam who's sort of realizing, like, shoot, I might need to just step into this role because I think with yeah. all those episodes, especially grief counseling, uh, we see Pam sort of realize, like, if I don't do anything, no one's going to do anything, and this is just going to get worse and worse. Like, so I might as well, mm-hmm. you know, do all Stanley's faxes so that he can go stand out in the parking lot and Michael doesn't get into a shouting match with him. Um, uh, Yeah. I, 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 uh, while, um, while I tried to kind of like prep for this by focusing on, on Stanford, it was hard to uh, not get caught up in, in everything going on in, uh, in Scranton, Uh, especially with Pam. I thought that was like the most, Mm -hmm. um, those were always the parts where, uh, I was like, oh, I'm not going to skip this. I'll just watch it. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, for sure. And, and it happens in the show, too, where, like, you can't really ever leave Scranton. Like, mm-hmm. even in Stanford, Josh mentions, like, well, we have to do a new sexual harassment training because of some stuff that's going on. At, oh, at it's the, a, it's the Diversity yeah. Day training because we get Larry Wilmore at the end mm-hmm. of that episode. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so even in the world of the show, like, it's never Scranton's never that far in the background. And so much of season three is about Pam kind of, I guess, uh, growing or maturing or growing into herself, mm-hmm. maybe. I mean, it kind of culminates in um, the beach uh, day speech that Sean loves so much. But uh, we see in the early part of um, this season that, you know, she's not with Roy and she she has a new apartment, as she describes with Jim. Um, she has lunch for the next five weeks. And but at the same time, she goes on a date. Um, like there are these moments where Pam, she has to kind of, like you, like you said, she is fashion show at lunch. She's the one who has to kind of step in and comfort Michael, um, during the grief counseling episode. Like there, it, it feels a little less, um, direct or explicit, but like she is growing in this early part of the season as well. Um, and I just, I just think that's really important for her character. I love, I, I like the way you mentioned that, uh, how would like these episodes go if Jim were there and, 
the approach that Pam and Jim have is really different. A lot of times when dealing with Michael, I think mm-hmm. sometimes with Jim, he's a little more abrupt and he's a little more like, I have to stop this before it gets out of control. And Pam. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> friends don't talk about other friends, but um, and and Pam is a little more like, OK, Michael, I see what you're doing. I will go along this journey with you and say the things that you need to hear in order for you to kind of let this go. Um, yes. Which she does really well in, um, in the grief council. She wants episode. to lead Michael to water or like, you know, like let, let Michael, you know, find his own way there, mm-hmm. but she's going to be keeping some bumpers on the side where says, you know, Jim sometimes is like, I'm grabbing the reins and we're not doing this and we're going over here. Mm-hmm. Um, and together they're making an incredible team, but, yeah, right now it's it, Michael's. Uh, Michael's kind of spinning out here uh, throughout this run. He spins out quite a lot. I think that's that's one thing is that yeah, he's just he's just kind of unchecked in the Diwali episode when he proposes in grief counseling where his uh, his imagination spirals out of a muck. Um, uh, the uh, the convention where he's you know kind of obsessed with the the fact that you know he doesn't have Jim anymore. He doesn't have a cool friend. Dwight's a dork. Grant's uh-huh. closing when he has yeah. to drive all the way to David Wallace's house. Yeah. Um, I mean, from every side too. He's he looks at Josh. I mean, look at he looks at Josh, and it's like a younger, more handsome, more accomplished version of Michael Scott. Like he, it's he just has to look at that, and it's like him and Dwight next to Jim and Josh at the convention. <laughs> I mean, internally, Michael's just boiling. Like he, yeah. he's just like, gosh, and, damn it. And you get that line from Josh right away to Michael, like, hey, you know. I heard you're a great salesman. If we ever, you know, if you're, we absorb your branch, I want you oh, to yeah. know I'll be looking for a position for you. And I mean, I, first of all, in what world would that ever be an appropriate thing for yeah. Josh to say to another co-manager, corporate, especially world. especially since he might already be working on his uh, his Staples uh, transfer to state. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Uh, yeah, Josh really comes across cross as a, a as a bit of a douche in I the think convention. I would say it's funny too because like that's something that I think you notice on the rewatches. But in the moment, it's kind of just it kind of just throws you it's off just balance. Business. Yeah. Well, no, I think like if you're watching it for the first time, it's like who is this guy? I've seen him once, and right, like it just yeah. kind of throws you off balance because Michael is always kind of up in the air. But it's it's just strange to think of him as a, a salesman alongside one of those people. Um, And it's funny how it kind of comes to bear in um, the coup a little bit where Michael is pretending that he'll go down to what'll happen to you, Michael. I'll be fine. Yeah, Yeah, that's like so that's what's it's like. All right. Well, Jim's going to leave. And while we're doing that, uh, let's have Michael professionally just completely crumble or feel like he's he's totally attacked Uh, romantically with Jan. I mean, I know I hurt you, but don't do this. Don't do this. <laughs> Mike, Mike, Michael dealing with Jan and Carol throughout here. Uh, I mean, ending in, in the explosion that is Diwali and then moving on to Jan. Like he can't, he has no footing in any part of his life throughout here. Emotionally in grief counseling. Um, I mean, what a deck of cards that is, right? Uh, everything going on with Michael's is, is out of control. And, and Jim is this like bedrock that he's missing. Uh, and we feel it a little bit. I mean, the convention is the perfect example where it's like when Jim comes in, it's like we're friends, you know, and has a drink with him. Oh, like yeah. Michael's OK again. Michael's like, all right, someone best someone friends. sees me. Thank best God. friends. Best he also friends. immediately takes it to the to the ultimate level <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, because he needs it so much. And so by the time we get to branch closing and Michael feels like he pulled some miracle off here. I mean, everything's right in Michael's world again immediately. Uh, he's got new family members coming in and the merger. He's got I, all everything's right in the world again once once Jim and the people are back. So, uh, I mean, yeah, we kind of keep circling around. How, th- this this stretch of episodes is just so unique uh, for that reason, and I think we we could probably talk a little more about the Stanford branch and Jim. I know we've done an episode on the Stanford branch, but mm-hmm. like, let's talk about actually Jim's journey here rather than than the uh, effect he has on others. Yeah. Does the monkey transfer um, <laughs> the, <laughs> to another, transfer him to another branch? Pun. 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 Michael's so delighted yeah. at that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in yeah. that moment. Uh, but we don't know what's going on inside the tiger's head. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> technology. Um, you kind of mentioned this, Sean, but yeah, the, the the plot lines that we see in Stanford, there's not actually a lot. Like, not a no. lot happens in Stanford. No, I, I just wanted to, like, I really wanted to watch it, Yeah, like I said, like, as its own thing without, you know, watching all the, sta- all the Scranton stuff in between. And, like, I think it's, like, what's really important about, I guess, like, a good place to start is, like, I mean, why is this important to the show, having Jim go to Stanford? Like, like so far, we've had two full seasons of just Jim wants Pam. Pam's unavailable. And this is all it all that's thrown out. It's now completely different at the start of season one. Pam is now available and Jim has decided that he doesn't want Pam. Um, So, I mean, first of all, just like watching this season three for the first time, uh, you know, or, or when we were watching it for the first time, it was kind of, it was very refreshing to see like the show all new and yeah, you just kind of like, I think both of these characters like really need some, they needed to clear some, like some uh, blockades from their, from their path to growth. Right. So like, Mm -hmm. I feel like that's what's going on here. So, um, so, but, but, but right away, it's like, it's also like, okay, Jim is now sort of just in an alternate Scranton, right? There's like, Andy's the new Dwight, you know, uh, Josh is a cool boss instead of a stupid boss. And there's also maybe a new love interest. Um, and, uh, but it somehow doesn't quite fit, you know, and I like, I like Jim kind of struggles with it and you see him mm-hmm. flirt with Karen, but then you get that juxtaposition of him having that kind of like very natural phone conversation with Pam, which comes in, at the end of the initiation. And so I don't know. I, I just, I, I think that I, I feel like in just the, the, just looking at the show, big picture, the Stanford arc is so important for Jim and Pam for their, them as individual characters and for their growth, for their relationship. I think too, that there's an element of, you know, you mentioned like I think it's it's not just that Jim wants Pam and Pam is unavailable. I think there's also an element of like Pam is it's or it's it's more complex than that, of course. But let's say they they should be together. We realize it. Jim realizes it. I think Pam subconsciously realizes it, but she's with Roy, and it takes a while before she says. I mean, at the beginning of season three, I just needed to get out of that relationship, and mm-hmm. I think. Like that sort of will they won't they love triangle dynamic in season two feels one way, but then when you go into season three, it feels totally different. Like it feels impossible for a different reason. It feels impossible mm. because Jim is in another place. They're physically s- separated so much. Think about when Pam says, "What time is it there?" And he says, "We're in the same time." Zone. She says, "Oh, it felt <laughs> yeah. it felt far," you know. And mm-hmm. like it feels that way. Like it feels like in real like in real life, so to speak, it's like this is another way where things like that can be impossible when people are just leaving leaving separate lives in different places. And like I think that it adds it's like a different lens or a different like version of things feeling impossible or that they can't get together, they can't be together. And Jim seemingly has moved on. He talks to Michael openly about it. I transferred because of Pam. And then at the same time, you get these little things that kind of like seem to sort of draw Jim back. Obviously, like everything kind of comes crashing back together with the branch closing and the merger. But you think about when Jim is on the phone with uh, Mike or Dwight and Michael about Gadar, and Jim says, "Oh, Gadar!" And then he like does the pretend little clickety clack yeah. on his computer, and then he says, "I missed that." Mm-hmm. And he's sending faxes uh, to Dwight from himself from the future. And he's calling Kevin about fantasy football. And like, there are these little things that, you know, say hi to think about when he's at the convention and he says to Michael, say hi to Ryan for me. Right. And Michael says, I will call him back later with that information. (laughs) (laughs) But like, there are these little things that kind of draw Jim back. And it's just like, it's, I think it's just really well done. Um, And it's Mm -hmm. an, it's like a, it's a, it's a really, really nice little era of the show. I, I th- also the, Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, just you saying that just made me think of another moment that kind of gets lost because, um, a part of this is a, a deleted scene, which is in the coup with, uh, the whole call of duty thing. 
sort of ends with um I think this is a deleted scene that Jan is all of a sudden standing over Jim while he's playing Call of Duty and everyone is not. And uh, and he's yes. like and he kind of has this moment you have like as an audience member, you're like, oh, no, he's in trouble. And she just does a little funny thing where she kills him and she like laughs. And then she's like, oh, by the way, remind me to tell you what Dwight said earlier. <laughs> yeah, you're going to yeah. love it. <laughs> and then she goes into her meeting with Josh and like Jim just has this moment where he's like, oh. I'm at I'm at the branch that's like not in trouble all the time. And mm-hmm. like everyone's like yes. cool and comfortable with each other. Yes. We're not hiding oh, Jan, anything and, from corporate. Jan enjoys yeah. Jan enjoys her time here. Yeah. 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 Uh well and uh, like she knows do, she knows what to do in Call of Duty. Like she's pro- she maybe she sat in on one. Josh yeah. is like, do our team building thing with us. Well imagine yeah. okay, she's a killer in that game. Opposite reflections, okay? But imagine Jan walking in and saying, Josh, how would Call of Duty help with productivity? And he can say, like, well, they have to work as a team. You know, that we have mm-hmm. to spend this time together. It's fun. It's energizing. It gives people a little bit of a break. But then um, it, it sort of makes us closer as, as a group because we have to play together. We work together. We do this thing together, mm-hmm. even when we're pitted mm-hmm. in opposite teams. And then contrast that to when she go, he goes to – where Jan goes to Michael and says, how would a movie increase productivity? <laughs> and he says – well, they have to. They work harder after. Why? Because they have to catch up on the time they missed. <laughs> yes. So, like, there's just there's different ways of thinking in different yeah, sorts of yeah. uh, different sort of worlds. Yeah. We Hi, Jan. Have... Hope you brought the milk duds. <laughs> How unconcerned Michael is yeah. with that. I. <laughs> uh, there's there's also uh, an element of Jim when he goes to Stanford. He carries, I think, unknowingly at first. He transposes a lot of of Scranton into himself when he goes there. Like we see him become Dwight, essentially in Stanford is what happens because a he starts wearing his jacket right. He start I got promo I got a promotion. Oh, yeah. He kind of points mm-hmm. at his jacket. Mm-hmm. We see in another deleted scene he makes a well. I'm I'm the assistant regional manager. Yeah, he tells Karen she's like she's like As, you're just his assistant, and he's like no, I'm the assistant regional manager and as he's saying it he looks at the camera and he's just like oh my god because also he's being accused of being a suck-up from everyone in stanford while he's there (coughs) yeah did you hear him josh suck up uh and and he's he's and he just realizes like oh my god like i'm i'm sucking up to the boss i'm doing all the things dwight did i'm wearing a jacket i'm saying i'm correcting people that i'm an assistant regional manager (laughs) and i think he's already been like oh my god who have i become Mm-hmm. And he's like, I, I need, I need this people back here, and it's Scranton. Like, I don't want to be this. I'm just, I'm clearly just a shadow of, of yeah. what Scranton. Was. I think, I think there's something about like the like, you know, the the big fish in the small pond. Like when when Scranton, when Jim's at Scranton, he's it's like, a I know, in a large I harbor. Could, I could run this office, but instead, I get to hang back and just kind of keep things on track, and I get to be the hero, and I get to mm-hmm. like, you know, be the coolest guy in the room. Whereas, like, when he's at uh, Stanford, Josh is the coolest guy in the room. Josh bikes to work. Josh knows how to, like, delegate and speak to people yeah. below him. And, and he knows you don't think he respects him. In Car- in Carrington? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Perhaps a shot of Midori. Or a shot of Midori, perhaps. <laughs> perhaps. Man, I can't get it. I really, I, I, I got to say, rewatching the convention again, I was just like, man, Josh is really like insufferable in this episode. Like that <laughs> he's like, yeah, that they walk into the room and they're just like, uh, I think we have to go. It's like, what? Just like you went to have a drink there. Why wouldn't you just have a drink there? But yeah. it's, it's, a, it's, it's not even noon. Isn't that but right? Why did they go to his room then? Anyway, sorry. I well, just, they want to grab him for a meeting or something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'll take a shot with you, Michael. Gross. Really? It's not even lunch. <laughs> <laughs> I just think, like if if Josh really was a professional, he would just treat his you know Michael, who is his peer, you know, at as with a little more fake respect, a, even <laughs> a plum. Yeah, he's not Michael Scott. Uh, so, so so I'm glad you mentioned these between Josh and Michael throughout this. This is just another thing I haven't hadn't really noticed before until this rewatch is and it's a lot because I was watching the extended cuts so Jan is preparing for this merger for for Josh taking over as Dunder Mifflin Northeast 
and, and Scranton going away. This is this is in motion from the very very beginning of this season because we we start to see in the deleted scenes uh, Jan is now calling Michael every morning and asking him what exactly specifically are you going to be doing today <laughs> and then calling him at the end of the day and saying what exactly specifically did you do and we see Michael saying a lot of I will perform my duties as regional manager She's like specifically I will Michael. perform my duties to the best of my abilities <laughs> I will sometimes perform my in, duties best of my cape abilities <laughs> sometimes in the I'm in the zone other times I'm zoning out Yes. Uh, She has Pam start to log his activities throughout this. And she's clearly uh, under her purview, looking at all the regional managers and then going to corporate and being like, Michael doesn't do shit. Josh gets shit done. We need to get rid of Stanford. Um, Scranton. I'm sorry. Get rid of Scranton. So so throughout this, this is sort of the simmering thing. And we see this, like you said, Sean, when Jan's in Stanford and comfortable there and doesn't mind that Jim was still playing that. she, her whole plan, her whole corporate identity, her job, her, she's like, this is my move here. I'm going to, this is, this is how we're going to improve the company. Mm. And so there's a, definitely an argument to be made that Josh's move of leveraging his offer to get a job with Staples ruins Jan's comp- entire life. <laughs> because mm. <laughs> as a result oh. of that, she is forced to keep Michael in her life, which she desperately <laughs> does not want to do. Interesting. So Josh... Josh is the four horsemen. He, he is the judge, jury, and executioner of Jad Levinson's <laughs> entire Amazing. life. Wow. Which I did not realize before rewatching this. Incredible. Um, everything she had planned crumbles because of Josh. That's a new fan theory. I love it. Yeah, it's not was, a theory. It's a fact. She was Plan Levinson yeah, thank for you, a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> plan Levinson. Well, and then uh, you have Pam. I mean, it, it's also kind of alluded to where Pam says Jan usually treats Michael like he's ten, but now it seems lately it seems like she's treating him like he's five. Because I think she 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 wants the data to show corporate and be like, Michael's. I've had I've had the receptionist tracking. He's doesn't do. He's not doing anything. Whoa, I'm out of carrots. I am out of do sticks. You, do you think yeah. her moving Jim? Maybe. How about this? She might have deliberately moved Jim to Stamford. Thinking Jim is the only reason that office is running correctly. I pull him oh. out. Michael fails. I get rid of Michael. So she maybe she recommended Jim to Josh. Well, Correct. I think. Well, I think too. I mean, Jim probably opted out a little bit. Like I think there's an element to Jim also maybe because he talks about it. He he jokes in the Halloween episode about or there's a, that conversation about um mm-hmm. if there's that job you should take it and. Like there, there are little things like that about about Jim maybe leaving that seeds are planted that maybe he'll just leave on his own accord. But and I imagine uh, I imagine that conversation that's alluded to with Jan in, in Casino uh, Night, Casino Night is something like, "Hey, if you ever want a change of scenery, like talk to me. I can place you somewhere else." And so you, I imagine she had some control over where he went. Well, yes, and I also think that there's an element of it's not that Jim is the only person that making that branch work because Dwight is the best salesman in the company. But then what Dwight says sure. in the coup is, "I should run the branch. We should get rid of waste, which is most of the people who work there." So Dwight is also fi- like feeding into this idea that you could, you know, consolidate the Scranton branch and become more, um, hmm. I don't know, more effective or, or whatever word you want to use. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Dwight basically tells Jan like, "This branch is worthless without me." And Jim's gone. Michael and we don't do know. We don't know who are the um, what is it? The severance package people in the uh, right. Yeah. Um, right. And the transfer people. Right. My small number person or a severance package person. Hmm. Yep. And then on the Stanford side, Josh is telling yeah, Jim, I, I wouldn't worry about it. Like, who's going to transfer here? Um, um, so oh, yeah, you- I, I, this is the this is the this is the first crack in the fissure that that opens in Jan begins to collapse in herself like a dying star. You just made me think of another thing, which is like maybe Stanford really didn't have anyone who was could be a second in command also. Like Karen doesn't seem to... Karen has some gym energy kind of that she doesn't really want to try too hard maybe or has a problem with authority sometimes. We kind of see that with her and Josh. Sure. And Andy obviously... Uh, <laughs> can't be second in command and then it's like you know everybody else is just you know maybe not great salespeople, or they're just kind of don't have that leadership uh um ability mm-hmm. so maybe that was yeah. another thing stanford kind of needed and, a and gym I, and i think that's what 
I, I like you said, if Dwight is the sales at at Scranton, like I think G, I think Jan saw some leadership potential in Jim and was like, I'd like to get you on that track if you ever want to leave. Um, and so I think when after casino night, he's like, I'm going to I'm going to call her. And at Stanford, there was an opening. I You think maybe she'd want it. She might want to get Jim at corporate, but maybe that's the long term plan. But um, it's 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 kind of amazing when you look at how well Jan is doing <laughs> when she goes to Stanford and how good she feels. And she's like, all right, this is all moving in a good direction. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then it and then it doesn't. And she's driven something like 500 miles today. And everything's changed. (laughs) Uh, Why don't we take a quick break and then uh, we'll wrap it up on uh, the Stamford branch. Head to the conference room. All right. Welcome back. Uh, We're talking about uh, the Stamford branch arc. Season three, episodes one through seven. Um, I think we kind of covered a a lot of what happens um, in these episodes, but um, any like over any uh, big picture thoughts on on this on this arc on this arch? I have just one th- one th- run thing real quick, and then I'll, I'm going to hand it over to Edwin. But uh, in in the Andy Green book about this, like the writers talk a lot about how much they this was all designed, right? They knew they wanted to do this merger. Jim was always going to come back to Scranton. Mm-hmm. It was you know right, um, and so the really this whole arc serves to recruit a couple new members of the office, a couple new cast members, um, which helps in the marketing of the show. It just, it just helped to have a new location, getting, uh, getting Rashida Jones and Ed Helms involved in the show. And obviously we've talked about this. Ed Helms was not thought to be, Oh, let's keep him permanently. Uh, let's just rent him for half of this season. Basically Mm -hmm. what was the idea with him, but they always knew like, Oh man, Andy and Dwight has great potential once they come back together. (laughs) Um, Having a new love interest, you know, kicks the can out for Jim and Pam a whole nother season. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so all of this is, I mean, we, last week we talked about, we talked about uh, the strike and what's going on right now. And like, it's great arc to talk about how important good writers are for good TV. Like, yeah. yes. if think about season three, if like none of this, if it just like, it would have felt weird to just like, all right, now Jim is just back where he was at the start of season two, except now Roy's not in the picture. How long could they realistically keep him and Pam apart? It's like, they have to physically separate the two. Um, And everything that comes out of that, we just talked about, like it sends Jan down this entire other path. It sends Ryan down an entire other path. Um, Yeah. To a beat field. To a beat field. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. We haven't talked much about the long, lonely walk of loneliness. Mm -hmm. Um, In the coffin. (laughs) <laughs> please where are the animals where are all the animals <laughs> uh so it just like i don't know it's it's it was this feels like such an important set of episodes for the identity and the structure of the next like what three seasons probably that happens out of this uh mm-hmm. between jan and michael between jim pam karen i mean it's uh so much of what happens later in the show you can trace back to to these episodes so hmm. um Big shout to the writers. We talk a lot about, or we've talked in the past about the peak of the office or, or what is like the the pinnacle of the office or our favorite eras of the office. And in a way, I, I don't want to say that this is the best era of the office by any stretch, but it is a peak. Like, I think there's something yeah. to be said about this little run of episodes that is really, mm-hmm. really strong, really funny. Like there's still like that the ambiguity between, yeah, the ambiguity between Jim and Pam and Michael and Dwight, like that, that I think is really strong. And like that's such a one of the defining elements of some of the best eras in the show. And it feels like you have so many of the right ingredients here. And then, you know, of course, we're talking very big picture. And um, but like there are a lot of little things that make up sort of the most memorable and iconic um, things from the show, like stuff from Diwali that we didn't deep deep dive into pretzel day, like Mm -hmm. the the deleted scene where Michael and Stanley are bonding over a soft pretzel. Like there are all (laughs) these little things that go into the run. Yeah. uh, The coup conversation. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Crentist. Yeah. It's all on the table. Um, yeah. Like there's just so many great things just kind of scattered throughout this little run of episodes. And I really, really enjoyed rewatching just kind of being in this era of the office was, uh, was a really fun um, mm. little arc to occupy and to go back and revisit. I agree. I, I had, I did have a, a new thought rewatching this, um, which is just kind of based on something that we've been talking about a lot uh, on this show lately, which is like, how, how much is early Michael influenced by Todd Packer? Like, you know, I think we've said it before where it's like Todd and Michael used to share a desk like uh, uh, what do you call it? Island together. 
Um, Clump, thank you. Uh, and uh, and then he boom. went out on the road, and you know we only see a little bit of him. But maybe all this, everything Michael does, the types of jokes he makes, the things, the messing around in the office, that all comes mm-hmm. from Todd. And I thought rewatching the convention, I was like, I bet when Michael and Todd did the convention together, they were drinking in the room and they were doing all this stuff. And I think that's why he calls it a booze fueled sex romp. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And and I think, too, that there's something to like Todd Packer's. It is a booze fueled sex romp. (laughs) Uh, I had that uh, that I think that Todd Packer too, like, you know, because he is such a a real scumbag, he kind of attracts those people. So like he probably finds the other alcoholics and like degenerates at the convention. And he focuses in on those people and they come to the party and then everything gets wild. Whereas Michael is asking the uh, guy in the Blackberry cell phone costume. Jerome um, Bettis. Yeah. <laughs> like, all the people shout who out to are Jerome Bettis. No. What a great yeah. cameo. <laughs> right. Yeah. Huge shout out. So I think I, that was a thought I, I, I had rewatching that yeah. episode. The original Michael Clump is Michael from his desk clump with Todd Packer. Right. Bang, boom, clump. <laughs> Still don't have the safety mittens. Uh, any other final thoughts before we move on? Did well, you check your butt? <laughs> well, there you have it. Uh, the gym <laughs> at, at Stanford story art uh let's head to the conference room right now right now conference room topic hopefully let's go all right welcome everybody to the conference room uh i want to check back in on something that uh, we mentioned in a recent episode i think that was our last week last week's Thursday. episode um so this is uh, on reddit on the uh subreddit dunder mifflin uh, there are some folks it looks like maybe a user named carnival of pizza crust uh, is running a group. Get him in toast talk. <laughs> group ABCs of the office, um, sort of just by a vote, one at a time. So this is where we're at so far with this. Uh, and again, this is people suggesting things for each letter, and then everyone votes for the best one. So this is where mm-hmm. we're at. A is A is for Alan, and my wife's name is Alice. We live in Alaska, and we sell. What do we sell? B is Bobati. C is Crentist. Last week we talked about D. We uh, suggested Decommissioned Lighthouse, um, which got six upvotes. But they did choose Dwigged for D. It's good. E. I still can't believe Did I Stutter didn't didn't get it. Yeah. Yeah, Whatever happened to DM does GB. Yeah. 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 (laughs) That was our submission. (laughs) I didn't submit that one. I only could submit one based on the rules that I created. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) E is everyone inside the car was fine, Stanley. Good. <laughs> F is false. Good. G, I like that. G is gabagool. Okay. Oh, beautiful. H is how the turntables. Mm-hmm. And gentlemen, oh. today is you I. You for I? We get to talk about I. I so- love it. <laughs> I <laughs> love it. <laughs> so... I'll tell you guys right now. <laughs> I'll tell you guys right now that I declare bankruptcy has three point four thousand upvotes. Wow. Okay. But perhaps we can top it. <laughs> Wait. To I make just, perhaps. <laughs> it sounds like there's already a lot of momentum on I. Is, is yeah, Jay, that's true. Is Jay open? Uh, yeah, be. Jay is going to be next. So how about how about this? If, if I, I bet it's going to be an I and a J. Let's do it. In, let's do a few here. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do declare is another uh, good one. I do declare. I, I, I'll say this. I think. I think the. I. I would hope that it doesn't just start with a I blank. Like I feel mm-hmm. like a infinity, like a like a word that starts with I is is a better challenge. But mm-hmm. you know that's uh, not going to happen. So some, whatever. <laughs> some other great suggestions here. It is your birthday. Yeah, that's good. That's good. In Japan. Heart surgeon number one. <laughs> that's the one. That's, that's the winner. I mean, I'll, g- I'll give that an upvote <laughs> from us. <laughs> okay, yeah. that might be our favorite. Uh, I hate so much about the things you choose to be. Oh, I like mm-hmm. this idiot. It's good. Idiot's great. Uh, I'll bid on a hug. Oh, I like that. <laughs> you just have your drops to reference. 
That's all. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's you know, the cream rises to the top here, Edwin. Uh huh. I don't uh, know why babies stare at me. Oh, this one. I have egg in my Crocs. <laughs> that's good. Or I'm so horny. I can't prove it, but I think she's trying to poison me. <laughs> I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel God in this chilies chilies tonight. Also very good. Ooh. It's fine. That doesn't really transfer to text. <laughs> yeah, as well. it doesn't. It's, it's fine. Good. But yeah. I like it. It's I don't usually bitch. enjoy the theater. It's or um, how about it's stupid, but it's my thing now. It's stupid, <laughs> but it's my thing. <laughs> oh, I like this one. I wish this had more upvotes. Incalculable. Incalculable. Yeah. That's, that's good. Just that's good. In, incalculable. So should we do? do we, should we submit them okay. now, or should we just brainstorm? Some I don't days? think so. Those are fabulous. I I don't know if we can top that. Let's just go to. I Jay. present to you the rational consumer. Okay, <laughs> as it were. Okay. Um, Jay. I was just learning. I was just learning to love. <laughs> nice, nice. It's a pretty okay. <laughs> uh, it's a pretty common saying. You may want to log it away for future use. Another one that doesn't really translate to text. I know there's a lot. <laughs> I don't have a hearing problem per se. Yeah. Yeah. So do we okay, brainstorm so for Jay? Jay for Jay, I'm gonna I'm gonna submit. Uh, Jan has plastic boobs. That's good. Well, well, let's, well, let's 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 I like it. That's a good submission. Let's okay. think about this. This is our chance. This is our Japanese chance Hooters. Is this your account or is this our show account that you're? It's just my account. Do we have a show account? Let's talk about okay, that. It's, uh, it's Sean John 420. We should it's have the... a show account posting and drive people our way. Okay. You, know what I mean? right. you know what I mean? I could do that. So what's your... Wait, is this is not our official account. This is your account. Well, well here's the... Okay. <laughs> the logistics of this are I have to wait until they post the J and then I can, and then I can post a comment, mm-hmm. a J thing. So I will start a MSPC Reddit account and we will do it okay. that way. But awesome. for now, for the fun and entertainment of this podcast, let's come up with some. Uh, what What do we have besides Jay, Jana's plastic boobs? Japanese Hooters, like it. <sighs> just, 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 just uh, how do you even write that out? It's like hyphens between the justs and then and then like kiss kissing. Just get in the coffin. <laughs> just get in the coffin. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh yeah, not a lot in the drops here. I'm looking Jilp. I, I like I I jilp you. Oh, jilp you. Jilp. I jilp you. Um, like I jilp you. Oh, how about just pooping? You know how I be. Oh, uh, that's very good. Yeah. Jan Levinson, that I presume. My... <laughs> I like. Yeah, to start I don't want. My morning I don't, I don't want a hearty bowl of Jan. Yeah, the the name I like them, but they it feels like. I okay, feel well like then, how about this one? Just in time, just in <laughs> case. Yeah. Okay, these are great. <laughs> I wish we could do No Way Jose. <laughs> no way, Jose. Um, uh, man, I think I think out of this little list we've generated here, uh, Jilp, like I Jilp you, is pretty darn good. Um, and just pooping, you know how I'd be. Those would be my favorites. Some Jim. I'm sure there's some Jim stuff we could do. Mm-hmm. Jim. Oh, Jim. James. Jimothy. <laughs> you came in called Jim. I am. Uh, uh, sure. Yeah. I, my vote would be just pooping. You know how I'd be. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. I'm with that. Okay. All right. Then therefore, I will. Uh, I will post. I will post it that. So when uh, when we get to letter J on Reddit, um, and I encourage all of our listeners to uh, follow along and 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 come up with some some J's yourself. Mm-hmm. What what else we got for our conference? Let's room do a quick today. little toast talk here uh, before cool. I know you got a hard out here coming up, uh, Sean. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're we gonna blow right from, through it. We got it from <laughs> Hannah, not not Hannah Smotridge Bar, different Hannah, um, one of our tots. Hey, all tot here. 
She says, is the cheese in the attached photo the cheese you guys are always talking about? This was spotted in my local grocery store in Maine. So it's made its way to the East Coast. I always assumed it was hyper-local to y'all in the Pacific Northwest. She forgot to actually attach the picture. But her uh, her email is titled Tillamook Cheese plus Toast Talk. So I'm going to assume, uh, yes, that's Tillamook Cheese. Yes. Um, so she says, what type do you recommend? Any best ways to eat it with toast? I'm eager to try. Mm. Uh, love you guys. Hannah from the main branch where you can only get to cross-country. You can only get to by cross-country ski. <laughs> cool. Um, um I uh I yeah, Tillamook cheese for toast. Yeah. Tillamook Let's is a wonderful that. town beautiful. near the Oregon coast. Is uh, it? <laughs> it might smell like cow farts a little bit. <laughs> but that's it? because they're making great cheese and ice cream. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh for for the uh, for everyone right. apparently. Right. There's a Pelican mm-hmm. brewery there. They got Degard brewing. It's a good, it is a good town. You're right. Uh I love I love um Tillamook makes a farm cut provolone cheese uh that is kind of like a, is a little smoky and I uh Ooh. think it's fabulous for sandwiches especially if you toast your bread toast talk You sure um, it's not fart cut <laughs> <laughs> It might be uh um I'm a I I'm, I love I think for my money, I mean, the extra sharp cheddar is is the cheese I grew up with. It is a piece of who I am. I <laughs> it, I believe in that cheese more than more than most things in my life. Uh, if you're not going extra sharp cheddar, uh, the, their pepper jack is phenomenal. Pepper jack on a sandwich. Uh, pepper jack just like do it on toast uh, with an egg it is an unbelievable hmm. way to start your day. That's what I recommend, Hannah. If you're going to bring in some toast. Um, it's 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 a their mozzarella, mix it with a little bit of pepper jack and a little bit of extra sharp, all three, trace queso to make a pizza. Uh, you're you're in a whole another stratosphere if you got. It. I don't know what kind of Tillamook selection you're working with over there in Maine. That's what I was going yeah. to say. But that <laughs> would be there, my there might not be all of these all of these uh, these cheeses right. available. But I, I'll say it, that it's like a whole the, Tillamook aisle in the grocery store here in Portland. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, no. But we're blessed. <laughs> look, the 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 standard is just the Tillamook medium cheddar. That is the yeah. that is a staple of uh, all of my fridges when I lived in uh, when I lived in Oregon. It was just we always had a block of uh, enough carbohydrates for you. Yeah, white <laughs> cheddar also very good, but the Tillamook medium cheddar was all just a, a stalwart of, yeah. uh, of our of our diets growing up. I think indeed, it's, it's big, it's big time. But yeah, try and try and get your hands on some of that, Hannah, and anyone else. Get and on the Tillamook train, man. It's don't great. forget the ice cream. Yeah, dude. Uh, Tillamook makes Stumptown coffee flavored ice cream. It's, it's the best. Fabulous. It's uh, it's untouchable. Mm-hmm. Very untouchable. Good. Don't yeah. put it on toast though. No. Eh, you could. Any other new toast revelations? Any toast any sets well, you guys need to share for toast talk? We just went camping this weekend and uh we did uh w- one of our our favorite uh, camping meals is uh is the toad in a hole. Do a do a slice of sourdough, cut a hole out of it, drop an egg in that, fry it in a pan. Top that with some arugula, some cherry oh, toms. You knew. Oh, you knew that was coming. And what was the last you thing knew you said? Arugula and cherry tomatoes some, were some oh, cherry tommies. Cherry to- okay, okay. <laughs> thank you, thank you for arugula clarifying. Arugula, cherry tomatoes, Edwin. I mean, yeah. come on. It's <laughs> whatever Sean's eating. It's there. The Sean and Ryan so, diet. They have like a very very specific. Uh, standard of meals like it's it's very very um when camping when camping yeah when camping yeah Mm -hmm. the hash Mm -hmm. uh the hash fry hash has been out for a little while but my camping my kitchen bin is getting ridiculous i've got like i've got like three cast iron things that i'm bringing every time it's way (laughs) way too way too much it's way too much but what a waste if you're gonna make you know some some ribeyes over the fire and uh, and stuff like that. You just need the equipment. If so. you if you gotta if you gotta <laughs> get a ribeye going, it's true. Uh, <laughs> all right, I think that's good for the uh, conference room. Uh, if you would like to uh, email us some some toast talk questions or some trivia, uh, email us at mspodcastcompany at gmail You can call us and leave us a message at five zero three. Six nine four nine three one four. We love to play the messages on the show. Uh, 
We're on a Facebook. voicemail episode coming up next month. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram. we got a website, michaelscottpod.com, and we're on Patreon, patreon.com slash michaelscott. You can become a Scott's Tot, five bucks a month. You get a bonus mailbag episode every month. Uh, you get our Ted Lasso series and our uh, Party Down series, and you get ad-free main feed episodes, White Lotus series, um, and uh, and you just get to be a, a part of a great community, uh, hang out with us on Discord and all that. Uh, a portion of those funds are donated to the Thurgood Marshall College Fund. Uh, so very special thanks uh, to our Scott's Tots for supporting the show. We love you all very much. Thank you to Kayla and Brianna who run our Discord. Mm. And thank you to Ryan Lloyd who designs our artwork. This episode Rye was recorded <laughs> on location. Hey, it's Rye from Woof. In Portland, <laughs> Oregon, USA. <laughs> and Zurich, Switzerland. <laughs> thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, hanging out with us while we talk about The Office uh, each and every week. It is a joy to be able to keep doing the show. And the people that listen, the people that interact, the people that support us um, are the ones that keep the show going. So just thank you, as always, um, for listening, for supporting, for hanging out. Uh, and we'll keep the show coming. Take care. Stay safe. See you next week. Pippity Poppy, give me this up. Yes, yes, sir. yes sir. It's Ryan from Wolf. Want to take me home? I love who I want to take me home. Take me home. Oh. You know what? Fine. I try to start fun traditions for you guys, but if you don't want to sing, no traditions. Closing time. Every new beginning comes from some other beginnings end. Good night. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.